0: Bismillahi r-Rahman wa rahmahum sallam ala Sayyidina wa Nabiina wa Ulana Muhammadin wa Barikah Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah wa kafa wa salamun ala ibadihi al-lazhin ba'd Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has Brought us to this Time in Ramadan where We are in the last week The last ten days when Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala releases seventy thousand people from the fire of hell, seventy thousand who were previously condemned to hell, Allah releases them every day in Ramadan, and the last ten days, the Prophet Sallallahu said that these are the days. In which Allah Subhanahu wa Taala releases more people. May Allah Subhanahu wa Taala save us all and protect us all from the fire of hell. And this should be our main focus and our goal in our ibadah is to protect ourselves, save ourselves from the fire of hell, from our damnation. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would make many du'as. He was a master of du'as. If you want to understand the mindset, the mind, the psyche of the Prophet ﷺ, then you must understand his du'as. You must understand the way he made du'a. And there was no occasion in which he did not make du'a. So when the Nabi of Allah and the Rahmah of the worlds and the savior of all human beings is making a dua in Ramadan, it has to be very, very significant and very important. When the seal of all prophets, the Khatim al Anbiya, is asking Allah for something, then it must be very, very important. Very important. Because the way you and I make dua, we make dua for, mashaAllah, our worldly needs. Which is fine, we should do that. It's perfectly halal and we should ask Allah for our worldly needs. But the Nabi of Allah, his focus is not on the Ummah's worldly needs. The Prophet once said, that I don't fear poverty for you. I don't fear that my ummah will starve to death. He didn't fear that. He feared something else. So we see that the Nabi of Allah, our Rasul Muhammad wasallam, when he made dua, it was well thought out. It was something that was inspirational. And in the many du'as he made in Ramadan, one of the most prominent duas he made is this one "Allahumma inni asaluka riba wal jannah wa min sakhatika wan. The Prophet ﷺ is now making this du'a. In Ramadan, in a month when Allah's mercy is seventy thousand times stronger when Allah forgives for no reason in Ramadan. But in this month, He still has a focus. He still has a purpose. And that is, O oh Allah, I ask you in this month, in this time, for your pleasure. inni as'aluka رِضَاكَ So this is Nabi of Allah. This is one who has been promised entrance into Jannah. He is humbling himself in front of the Almighty and he is saying that I need you to be pleased with me. Now how do we go about our lives? How do we go about our Ramadan? How do we go about life in general? Some of us behave as if we own the world. Some of us behave as if we're God's greatest gift to the world some of us behave in different ways but this is the adab the discipline the humility the humbleness that comes with Nabuwa. prophethood is built on humbleness prophethood is built on humility Prophethood is built on realizing that I need to worship Allah and I have to ask Him for forgiveness and I have to ask Him for His pleasure not the other way around I'm not doing God a service by worshiping Him I'm not doing Allah a favor by worshiping Him by coming for Taraweeh by doing my tahajjud by reading my Quran by giving my zakat by giving my sadaqah, by providing for the iftar, I'm not doing him any favors. It is Allah who is doing me the favor of allowing me to do this. This is the humbleness that comes with the Rasul, that comes with the Nabi, it comes with the Prophet. A man of Allah is always a man of Allah. His eyes don't go astray and he's not distracted. Even the night of Miraj, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, His eyes were not distracted. Can you imagine at that moment, when there is nur, there are angels, there are other side spectacles in the heavens. Allah praises his Nabi and his servant and says, even at that time he is focused. He is not looking at the side attractions on the way, although he could have. But he didn't. al الْبَصَرِ He was never distracted. Likewise in his life, he shows us that in Ramadan there is a purpose and there is a focus. And each and every one of us should focus on our hearts irrespective of what our spouses are doing, what our children are doing, what any other organization is doing, what the rest of the ummah is doing. When it comes to ibadah, the focus should be between us and Allah. No one else. And that is what the Prophet ﷺ feared. I told you in the beginning, he feared something. It wasn't poverty. What did he fear? He feared a shirk al-khafi. Hidden shirk. That, that there is something between you and Allah when it comes to ibadah. Why are you here? You come for Jummah. Why are you here? You come for Salat. Why are you in Salat? Ah, then the question stays open because perhaps we don't know why we're in salat perhaps some of us came to meet somebody to socialize to have an announcement made that's called shirk al khafi hidden shirk that you are associating something between you and Allah and your ibadah that is what the prophet feared for this ummah that when there's a time to focus on Allah and ask for his pleasure, ask for Jannah. Seek refuge from his anger. Here the Prophet of Allah is seeking refuge. He is a Nabi of Allah. He is He is saying, I seek refuge in you, O Allah, from your anger, from your displeasure. That if he is going to say that, then who are you and I? Not to say that. So we should be fearful. We should be mindful. It's should to be this nonchalant, you know, casual atro- approach to Salatul Jummah, or any Salat, or any Dua. Oh, this is what we do. There has to be a purpose and a focus. Ibadah, like everything else, is very, very sensitive. Very sensitive. If you don't go through the motions of a proper wudu, then your salat is not valid. It's not that Allah won't accept, this idea that Allah accepts accept anything and everything, that doesn't fly, right? Because there's something wrong with your car and there's a small, small minor deficiency in the chip in the car, the car won't run. If there's a virus on your computer, it won't run. Likewise, in your ibadah, if there's a virus, if there's even a small deficiency, it won't run. Period. That's the way Allah has made it. Not Allah. Allah accepts everything. What kind of nonsense is that? Allah accepts everything. He can accept anything He wants, but He doesn't want you to serve Him. And He doesn't want you to do His ibadah that way, He wants you to do it this way. It's about pleasing Him. It's not about you. That's the whole idea of worship, it's about giving my everything to the one whom I'm worshiping. So if he wants me to make wudu this way, I make wudu this way. That's the end of the story, it's because it's he who wants me to do it. Not that I want to do it. So we as Muslims, as Ramadan is, is uh, slowly moving away from us, We have to be mindful and careful that in our ibadah we don't associate any other intention other than to please Allah. Other than to ask for His Rahmah. Other than to save ourselves from the fire of hell. This is the dua and the discipline of a Nabi of Allah whom we follow and it is because of Him that we're Muslim. We do all this because we follow Him. So we should follow him in his mindset, we should follow him in his approach, we should follow him in his methodology, we should prov- follow him in the way he focused in his ibadah. And this, with this, inshallah, we make dua. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept all our duas, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept all our ibadah, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us the tawfiq to worship Allah the way the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wa sallam worshipped him. Ameen, Ya Rabbil Alameen.